So it's so interesting this morning. I'm just going to share a little bit on uh, the spirit of adoption this morning. It's I'm going out of order, but felt like the Lord had told me to do that. We want to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. And what he told us was that he would introduce himself to the congregation this summer. And I think I think that's happening. <laughs> Just introduce my person. Let them know who I am. You don't need to defend me, argue for me. Don't get into the, the power and the tongues and all that. Just my person. And so we looked at the anointing so we can you know better know his person through these functions, spirit of holiness we looked at a couple of weeks, and now the spirit of adoption. This is remarkable because do you remember last Sunday I'd shared out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I was reading it in my office. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me, and he gave me this word. And the Lord said that we had made the, the turn of the Lord. We as a church had made the turn of the Lord to maturity to meet, to obey His command to live godly in the present age. And uh, what goes right along with that is this spirit of adoption, one of the uh, roles of the Holy Spirit in your life is to mature you. So the anointing, we know, breaks the yoke. Um, It's very significant to the Lord that you're marked by Him. He's your, you're His possession. And then the spirit of holiness. We talked a couple of weeks. If you have a grace of God that's not te- teaching you and training you and disciplining you in holiness, you didn't get a grace that saves. You got something else. And then the spirit of adoption goes right along with maturity. All these words we're having this morning about uh, leaving behind where we were things that were pertinent with us and the Lord, things that got us to, I would even say milk, that's got us to where we are, but now we're moving on. And that we have to let go of things that encumber us. It's not just sin, things that He's not using anymore. You know, tradition nullifies the Word of God, and there are many churches that just keep doing what the Lord told them to do 20 years ago, which doesn't allow him to flow and function in the present tense. Those type of traditions and routines are things that own our allegiance, but God's not in them anymore. He's not doing that. And so we want to stay with our ear to his heart, amen, and to his voice. Uh, But so many of these words about going on to maturity and that we have this foundation. We've been on the centrality of Jesus for over two years. And what he said was, center everything on me. If it's not of me, if I'm not the center, get rid of it. Center, you guys remember this? If you've been with us for a while, center everything on him. Lay me as the foundation of individual lives, family lives, and the church itself. Christ as the foundation. So now that we have this foundation, it's time to build upon it. The gospel of the kingdom, not just the cross, not just salvation, but lordship. Sonship. Amen, somebody. And that we don't want to stay in places that might keep us immature when he's bidding us to go on to maturity. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Here's where we see the title and the function of the Holy Spirit in the way of the spirit of adoption. 
And we have a different view of adoption here in America than this biblical view and what was their culture in the day of the Romans, the, the Greeks, the Jews, things like that. Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And that's mature sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Can we get an amen there? Let me pause right there. I know that, you know, Brian and I shared some uh, Wednesday night with parents. We took all the students, invited the parents to come with us, but we all got into small groups. Even the parents had a small group because we refused to let fear lay its paralyzing hand upon us. There are things to be concerned about. Parents, if your young people are learning to drive, there are things to be concerned about. Amen? But, But we're not given a spirit of fear. And even though what happened happened a couple of Friday nights ago, we will not be married to fear. We won't. We will not fear those who can only harm the body. So we just ministered all that Wednesday night that we're, we're just breaking ties with it. We're not going to join ourselves with fear, but power, love, and soundness of mind. So I wanted to pause on that. Uh, but we didn't receive fear. We received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit of adoption is the Holy Spirit working on the inside of you to mature you to be sons of God led by the Spirit of God. You become such a personal acquaintance with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but mature. You can't help but grow up in all aspects into Christ. That's the role of the spirit of adoption. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are indeed children of God. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. Suffering sometimes happens in this life. How many of you have ever asked the Lord to take a thorn in the flesh? Right, (laughs) Lord, take this from me. Deliver me. And he's done that in different instances, right? But sometimes you get to take up your cross. And you get to say no to that thing. You get to say, you know what? By God, I know my flesh is craving it. I know my flesh and mind are thinking about it. But you know what? I'm going to overcome the flesh, not fulfill the flesh by walking by the Spirit. It's my choice. I'm choosing to walk by the Spirit. That thing's knocking on the door. You can feel There's some suffering involved with this old canister right here. But look at this. We, when we suffer with Him, we get glorified together with Him. Paul is saying here, we're not just born as children of God. Let us move on to maturity into sonship. Charles Spurgeon said this, Regeneration gives you the nature of the children of God, but adoption gives you the rights of the children of God. And we shall have both because we are sons. Okay? So there's a maturing process that Paul's alluding to here. Being led by the Spirit of God. Learning to hear His voice. Obeying Him in all circumstances. Amen? First time obedience. That's the prerequisite for being sons of God. The correct translation actually reads like this. As many as allow themselves to be led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It is our choice. He's not going to leave you or forsake you. But He's not going to make you choose Him. 
We get to choose to obey Him. I love this. The Holy Spirit's role as the Spirit of adoption is to bring us to mature sonship, to prepare us to receive, everybody say receive, and operate in, say operate in, our Father's kingdom riches. You don't give the keys to the truck to the nine-year-old. So the spirit of adoption works in you to mature you and move you from just being a child of God to a mature son who can handle daddy and run, operate daddy's kingdom business. That's the spirit of adoption. That's what he's doing in this house is bringing us to maturity. Saying the milk that got you here, praise God for it. But now there's meat. I'm going to feed you at this next place. The meat of the word of God. So the Holy Spirit, as the spirit of adoption, is maturing us so we can operate in our Father's kingdom riches, kingdom supply, and kingdom inheritance. Maybe, maybe we've not been operating in the full capacity of everything that our Father owns because we're not mature enough yet. I have people ask all the time, why don't you think, why do you think we don't see the miracles that we see with Jesus Christ and the Apostle Paul? We read about in the New Testament, handkerchiefs, shadows. Why don't we see some of those things if it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead? Well, I, I would submit we're probably not mature sons yet. We probably need some, to spend some time with God the Holy Spirit in the earth realm here and the spirit of adoption letting Him mature us. Amen. Amen. God the Holy Spirit in the earth is here to mature us. Bringing us into the authority of the believer as sons. Now this is fascinating. But when we were asked to center everything back on Jesus, He gave us an order. He said, number one, know His his person. Then know His mission. Why did He come? Then know His teaching. That's what we're doing now. Number four, you ready for this? After we get off the teachings of Jesus, He taught us God is our Father. He taught us truth. He taught us obedience. He taught us the love of God. All these teachings of Jesus. If we're going to be Jesus followers, we ought to know what He taught. Well, right now we're camped on the one he taught and introduced the Holy Spirit. That's how we landed here. Number four, though, after we move from Noah's teaching, Noah's authority. And we'll mature as sons to the point that we cooperate with our father's kingdom business in this realm. Amen. He's going to train us. Equip us, disciple us. This is what the Holy Spirit does. Until we come to the full stature in Christ and are fit to be entrusted to our rightful joint airship. H-E-I-R, airship. I love how the Holy Spirit from within you cries out, Abba, Father. it's It's a family thing. He wants you knowing God as your Father. This is a father-son relationship. Even what you have is better than what Adam and Eve had. The plan all along, Ephesians 1.5, was God to adopt you as sons in Christ. Not even through Adam, but in Christ was always the plan. That you would be part of the family to the point that for eternity you get to cooperate, co-labor with your father's resources. And we're down here wondering, well... I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. 
in our immaturity, we may not know how to access some of what we have. Because I'm not saying we don't have our inheritance. We got a down payment of it in the Holy Spirit. But I do think that in our immaturity, maybe we don't fully comprehend everything that a mature son would comprehend that's available and the responsibility that comes with it. And then I also think in our Father's mercy, He's not going to give the keys to the semi-trailer to a nine-year-old. And that's the love of God. How about this? True sons of God walk in their Father's authority. Advance the Father's kingdom interests for no other reason than it pleases the Father. Man, I want to get there. I, I don't want... I don't want to see breakthrough. I don't want to see all the lives change so that I can write a book or so that they know something about us or, wow, isn't that great? Wow, God's word really works. I don't want any of that. I want to operate in it because it pleases my father. I'm still learning to love people out of love for my father first. You want to know how Jesus did it? That's how. He wanted to please his father. He was commanded by his father to love people. His love for humanity was born and fueled out of his love for God first. That's how you do it. So that way when people act the fool, you're not loving them based on how they act anyway. You're loving them because you love your dad. And he told you to love them. Does that make sense to you? Amen. For the enemy dealing with with a son who's of age, a mature son, is the same as dealing with the father. That's where we want to get. Now, what's a good example of that? How about the seven sons of Sceva, right? Jesus we know, Paul we know, you we don't know, stripped him naked and threw him out of the house. For the enemy, an encounter with a mature son, and that word is male-female. Just like when we go back to Genesis, male-female, take dominion. Amen. Together. When he made man his own image, it was male, female. So in the same way, when I talk about sons of God, and this was the plan all along, it's male, female. And so a mature son is every bit as intimidating to the enemy as dealing with the father. Look at Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. I say that the heir, H-E-I-R, as long as he's a child, doesn't differ at all from a slave, though he's master of all. He's got all the goods. Yeah, it belongs to him, but he's not operating in it. Why? Because he's not mature. He's under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by... The Father. Guess what? You don't have to appoint yourself as I'm ready. The Father knows. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you're sons... God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. That right there is the Spirit of adoption. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you're a son, you're an heir of God through Christ. In America, if you adopt a child, it's someone not from your family, but comes into your family. In this culture... If you adopt a child, it is your child. And when that child reaches proper maturity of age, they're adopted, which basically gives them ownership rights of the estate. 
then they can now operate in dad's business because the father has deemed them mature enough. In Jewish culture at age 14, they can vote. He gets the right to vote. uh, Voting rights. So it has a voice. 25, if everything's going along properly, property rights. All that is dad's is his. That is where we're headed. That is where all these words this morning, and I am so thankful. I cannot tell you. Did I have every prophetic word this morning? Was it all coming out of Steve? Hardly. I think I had one, maybe two. Out of all these ten words, it's this word right here. The Father is taking us to maturity. He is taking us to mature sonship, heirship, uh, joint sonship, ownership. That's the word I'm looking for. Did I get through all that? All right. So long as the heir is a child, he doesn't differ from a slave. He doesn't exercise the responsibility and authority of being an owner. Why? He's a child. That comes when the father deems the child mature and the child is adopted. The spirit of adoption is in you, maturing you. Did we hear his voice this morning saying, let me, let me heal you. Let me dig into you. Let me work on you. Let me mature you. I love it. Paul talks a little bit about law here. Man, I don't have, I don't have time to really get into all that. But once you're, once you're a mature son of God, you don't need the law to cause you to do what's right and wrong. Right? When I first got born again, I started to get to know the Lord, and I was in church. They taught a lot of law uh, on New Covenant believers. Like, hey, if you'll do this, God will bless you. He'll do this for you. But if you don't, man, watch out. How about this one? If you don't pay your tithe, Steve, God will take it out of your hide. That's law. Reward and punishment, blessing and cursing. Once you're a mature son, you don't need, you don't fear daddy backhanding you to cause you to stay in line. Does that make sense? I mean, do you really want your 33-year-old son so afraid of you that you're going to, you know, spank him? And that's why he's living right at age 33. At some point, you want him to mature. Make right choices from in here. Could you imagine Jesus telling the disciples, Hey, uh, let's go up this mountain here. I'm going to heal this leper so the Father will bless me. Are you kidding me? Or if I don't go over here and heal this blind man, Father probably put a curse on me. That seems so shallow and immature. So that's what he's talking about there. But I, want to, I do want to point something out. When I, when I was around 20 and I met Jesus and he said, Steve, I don't love you because of what you do. I love you because of who I am. And I'd had some of that law in my mind. A lot of it I created myself because that's human nature. If I do good, I am good. If I do bad, I'm bad. But the Lord was showing me this. He said, you know, when we, when we first were getting to know each other or you were knowing me, you realized you were free from the law. But where I'm taking you, I want you free from the world. I want you free from the world's culture, not just from the law, Steve. 
kudos to you. You could recognize when somebody was putting law on you. But can you recognize when the world is deceiving you? Amen, somebody. I love this church. I love coming here. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, sister. When a child grows up to maturity, it signifies heirship, throneship, rulership, joint ownership, not babyship. Gives more understanding to I got just a couple of more. Oh, I don't even see it. Is it on here? Matthew 3, 16 and 17. Jesus comes up out of the water and the Father says, This is my beloved Son. And you I'm well pleased. Luke 3, the same story. Next sentence says, And Jesus began His ministry. There's a, there's a maturing process that allows us to... Uh, participate in our father's kingdom business all right look at hebrews 5 12 through 14 for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principle is the oracles of god you've come to need milk and not solid food for everyone who partakes only of the milk is unskilled unskilled in the word of righteousness he's just a babe but solid food belongs to those who are full age that is that are mature those who by reason of use have sent have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil Uh, I don't see the rest of it. That might be it. Does Hebrews just go to verse? Is there more? Okay, thank you. Hebrews 6, 1, 2. Therefore, how many of you know there weren't chapters in the original text? Okay, so let, don't let the chapter change fool you. He's still writing. Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to, which is maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. We can't spend all of our days trying to get you to realize that your works don't get you a relationship with God. We can't spend all our time on that. We can't spend all our time admonishing you. Will you please believe him and take him at his word? At some point, and that point is now, we have to move forward into maturity, leaving behind baptisms and laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Amen, somebody. This is where we're headed. I love this one. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a Son is given. Children are born. Sons are given. Which are you? It's okay to start immature. You're born as a, born again as a child of God. You've got to grow immature. But let me tell you where he's taking you into being given. That your life is no longer yours. Brother Dan Decker, I, I don't know if he's here this morning, but he had a dream, a recurring dream this last week, and he saw us all lined up at the river. We're all at the river and, and we're getting in, we're putting people in canoes and sending them down the river to go preach the gospel to everybody they encounter. It's a sending. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And you may be, hear me now, sunning in some areas and a child in others. Okay, 
So don't measure and compare yourselves to other people. You may think, boy, Jessica, I, I wish I could pray in the spirit like Jessica does. She may be sunning in that area. And that's S-O-N-N-I-N-G, living as a son, a mature son. But when it comes to how she respects Terry, <laughs> Ephesians 5, 33, I just picked one. <laughs> Maybe she's still growing in that. Maybe she's immature. Same with Stacy. You may look at Stacy and say, wow, I'd love to be like her in this, this, and this. Well, she may be mature in those areas, but immature in other areas. So don't compare yourselves. Just grow. Just get in the meat. Just feed. Abide, right? You abide, ways, and then works. Last thing, Brother Stephen, you can come. How do we show the Father we're ready? Well, you don't. He already knows if you're ready. So commit to walk and talk with the spirit of adoption. It'd be hard to miss what happened here in this room today. There is a clarion call to maturity in this house. If you remember last week, Brother Brian, Brian has the heart of Jesus, man. And Brian bared his soul up here last week talking about we need the uh, resurrection of fathers. We need fatherhood. And he's not talking about natural sons. Yes, that includes that. But fathering in the Spirit. Talked about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. What could happen at the schools. That was number three. And then number four, he repented and said, I have not viewed my job as a place that Christ could be with me on mission that I'm there for him and uh, that's maturity that's, that's the clarion call to maturity that we get out of the boat and I've, I've, we've talked some this week and he was just sharing with me how as he goes into work I think Wednesday was last day but Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday he goes in there he's just looking to encourage I'm looking to strengthen I'm looking to share you know the the good news not not necessarily words but who he is Christ with everybody he runs into doesn't matter if it's janitor teacher superintendent whoever it may be and you know what he said Steve this is how we're designed to live when Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he was not just talking about, I'm the way to get to heaven. He's saying, I'm the way you're designed to live. Amen. Come on. Encourage, strengthen, have eyes to see that wherever you are, you're there on mission with Christ. Amen, somebody? I think uh, walking and talking with him, letting him mature you, Humility is a key to the kingdom. Be humble. Acknowledge your need of the Lord. Be a good steward. Amen. I was talking with a pastor this week. He called me about, what do you guys do in the way of tithing? I got people that think they're under the law to tithe. I said, anybody that thinks we own 90 and God owns 10 in the New Testament is in the wrong covenant. He owns everything. He owns you. In the new covenant. So let's, let's begin to own stewardship. All that love you have. Amen. All that love you have. You're a steward of that. Do not hoard it. All that joy you have. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Share it. That's what Brian's doing. He's just strengthening.
people on his, on his work. All that peace you have, utilize it. Give it all away. And I love this. The fruit of, a, of the Spirit is a good place to start. You want to mature, man, don't put law on the fruit of the Spirit. Don't put restraint on it. Live in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I got another one for you. Ready? Beatitudes. The Beatitudes, Matthew 5 through Matthew 7. Oh, it's a road map. It's a map. I love the chosen where he's, Matthew's writing it all down and Matthew says, but why do you call this a map? He said, because if people are looking for me, they can look around people like this. This is what my people are like. Poor in spirit, merciful, comforters, hunger and thirst for righteousness, pure in heart. Forgive those who don't ask. I, the Beatitudes, great place to start. He's not describing things you ought to be doing. He's describing a type of person, a kingdom person. Will you stand with me? Are you ready, guys? Are you ready for the journey? Can we go together? Can we go together? I had a thought. Is Gladys still in here? Gladys, come here. Stacy, you come here. You stand next to Gladys. Wyatt, you come here. You stand next to Stacy. I, ha- I saw this when somebody was talking about the generations and let's go together. This is a picture right here at Grace Church. Let's go together. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right? The church is not made up of multiple What's the word I'm looking for? We're, we're a chosen generation. One family. Different ages, sure. But all together in Him. Okay, well, let's bow our heads. Let's invite the Holy Spirit now to speak to us. You guys just hang right there for me. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? We've heard the word, both prophetically and taught out of the scriptures what would you like to do sir